If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, join me this morning in Romans chapter 5. We're going to finish up Romans, if you remember last week, not Romans, Romans 5. Last week, Joe got us through the first half and told me I gave him way too many verses to talk about. But he did a fabulous job. Last week was awesome, as it always is when Joe preaches for us. And so we're going to finish up the chapter this week. Um, but we're going we're, we're gonna to dig into it, but we're not going to unpack everything that's in there because we don't have time, not because we're only here for an hour. We just don't have time. There's so much in this, these few verses of uh, Romans chapter 5, and we're only going to focus on actually three. We're going to start in verse 17, or 15, excuse me, and read through verse 17. And I'll have it on the screens for you today because, I, again, I've gone to the Amplified Bible. Uh, again, not that it adds, to, adds words to the Word of God. It just expands and gives us some explanation as, as we read. And we'll, we'll read those in just a second because I've got a question for you. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about questions. And, and we've admitted to each other and talked about that there's many times in life we're asking questions because things are just, they're, they're crazy and they just don't seem to go right, especially in the way we want them to go. They just don't go right. And, and we even, we even get to the point that we're, we're asking God, you know, are you serious? You, you've, you, you, this and then and you brought me here, or you, you, you say this, but I, I don't see that. And remember, we studied Abraham uh, because of anybody, and we don't see this in, in the Scripture in Genesis, but Abraham was a man. We're mankind, and we have struggles. Just I know Abraham had his own struggles, but God called him to move and to go to another country and to wait. Promised him the nations but made him wait. And as we unpacked it a couple of weeks ago, made him wait 14 years to the point that he got so old in, in our terms, not in God's terms, but in the point that he got so old, there was no way he could have a son. 99 years old, right? I, I had mine in my 20s, and it killed me. 99, going to have a son, but God... God prepared him and made him wait, and what he taught Abraham, and this was so important for us, what he taught Abraham, of course, was patience and God's timing, and he taught Abraham that he, God, was all that Abraham needed. Everything that he needed was in him. And if you remember, as we unpacked it, because we've, we've been talking a whole lot about our what faith is and, and our faith and our struggles as we've continued this whole idea of being right with God and ourselves and others and what happened in Abraham's life, just like what happens in ours. Abraham got to the point that he had to admit in his age and in his weakness and in all that he was and all that Sarah was that they couldn't do it. They had to admit they couldn't do it. And that's when we discovered, that's when God went to work. And that's, that's the same as our story. When we got to the point as people, as an individual, where we said, I can't do this. God, this is impossible for me to do by myself. 
I need you. And I know that you all can remember that point in your life when God said, okay. And he went to work, right? Changed everything. Made things happen that, that you had been waiting on. And so, you know, we, we talked about those, those questions that we ask. And, and that brings us to something else today that we're going to look at in these, in these few verses. Because it, it, it really jumps out at us. I hope I do a good job for you this morning so you can see what I've seen in this. But it brings us to this whole idea of talking about what's fair. What's fair? right? We see so much going on in this world around us every day. And I bet you in the last couple of days, I, I won't say this morning because we all got up this morning excited for biscuits and gravy and we were focused on God and focused on coming to church, right? There wasn't any other distractions, right? <laughs> Not in my house. But anyway, we, we were focused and, and so we didn't necessarily maybe this morning see what we consider to be unfair. But in the last couple of days, in this messed up world that we live in, show of hands. Has anybody seen anything that's just not fair? Yeah, you can raise them. It's okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Every day, really, every day we see things that when we look at it, it's just not fair. It's just not right. You've got to remember the context that you're looking at it in, though. We're looking at it in the context of the world. We're not looking at it in the context of God's eyes. And I hope this morning that's what we do a good job of looking at and understanding because these verses that we're going to look at and this section in Romans 5 is just packed full of so many important things for us. And it's just the heart it's just the heart of this idea for us. And it's not an idea. It's a reality. We call it an idea, but it's a reality that Christ is our perfect substitution. It, and that's a reality. And, and this is going to really point that out to us. And there's some words, and in the short text that we're going to read, we're not going to hear as many of them. But in this section of, of verses from uh, 12 to 21 in Romans chapter 5, the, the word one, when it's talking about Christ, uh, the word reign, when it's referring to Christ, and then the two words, and this is for us this morning, our focus, the two words, much more. And in the verses we're going to read, you'll really see those. But those are the words that just jump out in this text when we're thinking about and talking about this whole idea of the substitution for us, the justification that we have through Christ, that gift and that grace that we don't deserve. But through one man, through one man, we have a gift. We have an amazing gift. And, and what the verses, just real quick before we read what the verses, it's, it's kind of a compare and contrast, if y'all remember from school. And for some of us, me included, that's been a long time. But we're comparing Adam and Christ. And Adam, the man, God's creation that was put on earth and given dominion over all creation. And he lost it because of one decision. He lost it. And in that decision, that has cost us because we're under we're under the condemnation that comes through the sin of Adam. 
But then he compares and contrasts, and, and Paul does a great job of it uh, to Jesus Christ because through Adam, through the condemnation and the death that came through Adam, Christ was sent to be the king over the new creation. And through the cross, he brought righteousness and justification, all those things that we've been talking about now for a couple of weeks. And through Christ, all of the damage that was done, and I'm just using Heath words, all the damage that was done by Adam and through Adam's sin, Jesus undid all of those things for us. And the grace that he extends to us accomplishes so much more, accomplishes so much more in our lives as the sons and daughters of God. We're not just the sons of Adam. Because if we were just the sons of Adam, condemnation would be ours. But we're the sons of God through Jesus Christ who took the place of all of those things that he did and we've done and we will do. And we are justified. We're justified. Through Christ. So let's take a look at the text so that we can, we can talk about a couple of things. And we'll come back to that whole idea of being fair. Because this, this is important for us this morning. But starting in verse 15 and again reading from the Amplified Version so the, it will be on the screens behind me. Paul records for us, But the free gift of God, the free gift of God is not like the trespass. Because the gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. Again, Adam. Adam's fall, the sin. For if many died by one man's trespasses, Adam's sin, much more abundantly did God's grace and gift that comes by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to benefit the many. Verse 16. Nor is the gift of grace like that which came through the one who sinned, for on the one hand, the judgment following the sin resulted from one trespass and brought condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift resulted from many trespasses and brought justification, the release from sin's penalty for those who believe, put faith in Christ. Verse 17 for if by the trespass of the one, Adam, death reigned through the one, Adam, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in eternal life through the one, Jesus Christ. And again, just so, so, so much in the text that we're looking at today and remember, through Adam, through Adam, the condemnation of, of, of that decision he made, that sin that he made that caused the separation and the loss of the kingdom that he was given dominion over, through that, God then was able to save us, was able to save the human race. And, and remember, we're, we're lost in Adam, our earthly father. Our, our, our racial head, our earthly father, but we're saved in Jesus Christ. As I said earlier, the, the head of the new creation. 
Without Christ, many would die. But through Christ, that grace of God brings life, justification, hope. But again, that key word is life. So we're, here's, here's where that idea of fairness comes in. We're under, without Christ, we're under the curse of death through and because of Adam. Everybody's with me on that. Is that fair? I mean, think about it in, in our terms and in the, in the reality of, of who we are and where we live. Is, is that fair that we, we would be condemned through Adam because of the choice that he made? I wasn't there. Were any of you there? Did we make that choice? You, and, and again, and when we look at the fairness in life and the fairness in the things going on around us, I mean, that, that's a logical thought process that we would have in, in the flesh separated from God. Adam made that choice. I didn't make that decision. I didn't eat the forbidden fruit. I didn't do what God said don't do. So why, why am I under that curse? Why am I punished because of what Adam did. And, and again, our thought process, we see unfair. And whether it's something somebody has or something somebody doesn't have, we make those judgments based on what we see. But here, here's the fact for us about Adam and that original sin and where the condemnation came for us. Adam chose what each of us would have chosen given the same chance. Every day, the word is, is ratified. We, we ratify Adam's choices every day by the choices and decisions we make on earth. And that word ratify, that means confirm. We, we confirm that we're, that we're weak and we're unable and we're incapable by ourselves. So we're, we're in the same boat that Adam is in. And, and this is a really bad example, but I'm going to use it anyway because it sounds good. Because we ate already. It's like Oreos. Anybody like Oreos? Yeah? Yeah. It said amen. Remember, Abraham said, I'm on. We're amen. I like Oreos. But we buy a package of Oreos. And this is simple. This is really a bad example. But we buy a package of Oreos. We put them on the shelf in the cabinet. We're not going to eat them, Right? We're supposed to save those, right? Or we can't have them. I'm diabetic. I can't have those. But what do I do? What do you do? And we don't, we don't sneak all the time. Sometimes we do. I have to sometimes at my house because I get in trouble. But we don't always sneak. Adam really didn't sneak. You know, he did what he wasn't supposed to do through temptation uh, that he gave into. But we'll go in there and pull that package of Oreos out and not just eat one. We'll eat a whole section because there's three sections. We'll eat a whole section. And I'm not saying going in the cabinet and eating a package of Oreos from Walmart is necessarily a sin, even though there is a sin involved in that. But... It, it's the illustration of the idea that as we live our lives every day, we can't, we cannot say, we cannot tell God that it's not fair that you hold me responsible for the sin of Adam because we 
do the same thing. And that's what Paul wants us to understand. We live our life making choices that condemn us every day, that separate us from God every day. Choices that some of them, that if our friends and family and the world around us knew about, it would separate us from them every day. But what Paul wants his audience to understand, and we have the privilege of having this letter so that we can understand it and we can rest in Jesus Christ, the salvation that came through one man, that gift of life that comes through Jesus Christ. Through that one man that, back to verse 15, overwhelms the sin, the fall of man. His grace and his love overwhelms the sin. And both men made decisions that had eternal implications. But praise God for the decision of the one that saves our lives and gives us hope and gives us a chance gives us good standing in the sight of God and you want to talk about fair if we really think about it and I don't know that we wrestle with this enough and I think we should but you want to talk about fair is it fair that we stand condemned because of the sin of Adam, but step over to the other side of the fence and answer this question, is it fair that we stand justified because of what Jesus did in our place? I mean, is that really fair? And in, in our terms, if we really think about that, it's really not fair that Jesus stood in our place. But he chose to do that willingly. He chose to stand in for us so that we could have life. And aren't you glad that he did? I am. I am so glad that he did, that he said, I've got Heath covered Put his sin on me. And Father, when you look at him, don't see the broken man anymore. See me. See me when you look at him because he deserves your love. He deserves your righteousness. He deserves your grace. And I stand in his place. And, and, wow. I mean, there's, there's no other way to express that from me to you of what that means except just to say, wow. And, and here's where it comes to us for a challenge that you've, you've heard so many times and so many things that we've talked about and our values, loving God, loving people, and serving both. We live in a world that's not fair. We live in the world that we're asking a whole lot of questions. And we're living in a world that needs to know the grace of Jesus Christ. Back to chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, where Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. And the world needs to know the gospel because the gospel is the only 
only thing, the only thing that can change the world that we live in, and that just is the culmination of what we're supposed to do because this world is not how God intended it. This world is not how God created it. This was not God's plan for, for everything. And here we are in a broken world that needs to know. So we've got to make sure. We've got to make sure that we're not just talking about it in here on Sunday morning. We've got to make sure that we're talking about it everywhere we go every day of the week. Whether people want to hear it or not. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they don't want to talk about it, that's a choice that they're making. But they've got to hear it from us. They just do. They've got to hear it. Plant those seeds so that God can work. So that the one who came to save the world can save them as well. And all we can do is pray that they would come to that point of saying, God, I can't do this. I don't necessarily know who you are, but I can't do this and I need you. And that they too would come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ who stood in our place so that God would see him and wouldn't see our brokenness. So let's, let's pray together as we, as we come to the, the end of chapter 5. And then I want us to take a minute as, as we end our time together for our, our last time here this year. Not our last time together, uh, but to celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper. But Father, we thank you so much um, for your gift of grace. God, for your Son... who said yes, who stood in our place, who took on all of our sin and all of our shame so that we could be righteous and justified in your eyes. And God, this, this time of year, we're celebrating the gift of your Son his birth, our Messiah. And God, I pray this morning that as, as we observe supper with you together and remember what he did for us, God, we're, we're doing that in celebration of the greatest gift that's ever been given. So God, this morning as, as we do, as we come together um, to share at your table. Father, this morning, just pray that uh, you would clear our minds, you would clear our hearts of all the distractions, of all the things going on in the world around us so that we could focus, focus on you, not in a, not in a ceremony, but that we could focus on you as we worship your son and we worship the gift that you've given us through him so God just for a few minutes this morning again father clear clear our minds so that we can focus directly on you
And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.